right, welcome to the podcast today. It is Monday, June 13th. Alexandria, do you know how long it's been since we podcasted in this exact fashion? I feel like it's been months. Um, it, I don't know the exact time. Hasn't been months, could, could feel like that. Um, maybe that's what clean feed feels like, because usually your name and email address are in the predictive. Yes. Not, not anymore. It forgot you. Yeah, and I feel like I haven't been on the show in at least two weeks. I know for a fact, two weeks. Um, so, more all, than that, probably. You're all echoey. Can we can we clean that up? Oh, no. Is it my office? Probably. Is the door open? No, no. The door's closed. You definitely sound a little different than when you're normally in your office. Um, okay. Um, but, yes. First, I got the COVID. You, for a while, you'd been coming in. Then mm-hmm. I got the COVID. Then we were closed. Then Ooh. you got the COVID. And uh, we've both been extremely busy. But it's it's nice to be back in a familiar place. It is. Yeah, I feel... I was, like, sad. I missed the show. Um, I have a, a couple of things that we could tend to. But first, I want to ask how hashtag Thomas in a tux went this weekend. So we didn't go. So I am learning to uh, live with another person that is different than me. (laughs) And I gave Thomas a choice. I said, we have things that we have to do this weekend because the weekends are for the life that we want to live, right? Have you heard that quote before? No, but it's starting off very, very thoughtful. Use your time on the weekend to create the life that you want to have, right? Because during the week, you don't have time for anything because of work. So... We had two things that we had to do. We either had to kind of redo our living room, which rip meant ripping out the carpet, or wait, we you're, you're we, allowed. You're, I think you you briefly hinted at this to me before. You're allowed to do that in your place. I am not allowed to do it, but I do know that our our company policy is that if you lived in that unit for five years or longer, then your carpets automatically get replaced, and we have. So I knew that our carpets were getting replaced, and there were like. Sh- shredded spots where Sunny chewed them up as a puppy and I really just wanted to take up the carpet I'm like the it doesn't look nice it's probably smelly it might be adding to me being stressed out so let's just take it up are are you sure that I know you used to work for the management property or the property management is that rule still in place so lots of things have changed it is it is so I did I did verify it is still in place and um So I just said, you know what? And I only took up the carpet in the living room. I didn't bother with the bedroom or the hallway, just the living room. And um, I had a friend that also did it. And that friend still works for the management company. Um, And so I said, you know what? I'm going to do it too. So I told Thomas, we're either taking up the carpet this weekend because I made a bigger purchase, kind of spur of the moment, but also not. Um, So um, I said, we are either taking up the carpet in the living room or we're going to find you a tux. You choose. (laughs) <laughs> and he didn't want to go find the tux. So <laughs> we did the living room. So we stayed back and we we did that. Okay. What was the purchase? I'm excited to hear what it is. Well, it's part of, it, it's kind of the similar purchase that I made before. Remember? So I made a purchase from a TikTok ad. I was influenced. And so I immediately went to the website and made a purchase because it was on sale. And I still have yet to receive my walking treadmill, my uh, under the desk treadmill. Oh, I remember this. Like it, it may or may not work out to be what you want. 
Uh, yeah, I still haven't received it or any notification that it shipped, and so I feel like I might have been scammed out of my money, um, which, whatever. But what I did buy that I definitely needed to buy was I did buy an actual treadmill, like a, a real one from Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> and I had to make room for it in the living room, so we ripped up the carpets, moved the couch down, and it's going right in the living room so that I can use it. Cause I do like, I exercise when it's convenient for me. And the only way we're going to make it convenient is if we put the means for exercise in my home. All right. I have three questions. Well, uh, one okay. statement so we can, I can change the, the theme of the beginning of the podcast from hashtag Thomas in a tux to hashtag Thomas on a treadmill. We just go from him <laughs> to you. Um, what did it cost and where did you get it? So I, I, um, I didn't buy it on credit, but I did buy it on one of those really convenient like buyback or pay as you pay as you earn plans. Um, it was decently priced. It was under a thousand dollars, over five hundred dollars. Um, got it from Dick's. It's already like outside of my door as we speak, waiting for me. Um, what was the other question? Uh, you got it at Dick's and the cost. And the other, well, the question, the other, the second question different from that one was on a scale of, on a hundred percent scale, what percent are you worried it's simply going to be clothes, become a place where you hang clothes? Oh, definitely not. I try to keep my clothes out of the living room altogether. We don't, like I am. All right, hold on. I'll, I'll rephrase the question. On a scale of a hundred, what percent? <laughs> what percent are you concerned this will be used for everything but walking and running? Thirty-five percent. Wow! I thought you were going to be in the single digits. No, thirty-five percent. I do. I. I am. I've known myself well. Can I get a gym membership? Yes, but I have only ever lost weight when it was convenient for me. And that was when I could go to the gym during lunch when I used to work at the property that I lived at and during the pandemic. It was never waking up at wee early in the morning so I can go somewhere else that's not my home and go to the gym or go somewhere after work when all I want to do is go home. All I ever want to do is go home. So I brought the gym to my home. That was, and that had always been the plan. Even when, as I was envisioning what my home was going to look like when we bought one, the first thing I was going to want to do was put a gym in it. Okay. Um, Good. Sound, sound strategy. I, I hope so because my dress is in. I got a message this weekend that my dress has arrived and it arrived two months early. And if we remember, I was supposed to lose some weight so I could fit into my dress and I haven't lost any weight. Now I have just under four months before the wedding, but still, <laughs> like, so there, take a picture of the dress, put it on the refrigerator, and maybe it acts as some kind of motivation. No, no, no. I can't do that. Thomas will see it. I'm a 11th hour oh, performer, right. so Sorry. I'll be fine. I'll, I mean, I'll be fine. I'm not, like, super concerned, but I was like, ooh, I got to do something at least. Put it on your phone. It is on my phone. Okay. Put it somewhere where you're, where it's not going to get lost in, in, like, 1,100 pictures. I do. I have a special file. Okay. So, we're good. Um, I, uh, this, this is a, a bad way to segue into, from losing weight into this, but it is what it is. <laughs> I, uh, I cheated over the weekend. On who? Mama Mary's stubborn brother and Big Slice. With who? So, 
I was done doing what I was doing after 11 o'clock on Saturday night. That's for off-podcast discussion. Uh-huh. And um, I had not eaten much all day long. And I wanted my normal, like, pizza or something. Unsurprisingly, everybody was closed. But as in, I think it was DoorDash I used. Might have uh-huh. been Slice. Um, and Salute was open. Salute is a pizza place that... It may or, oh, it may, or yes. may not be doing well. I don't know, but it opened kind of quietly on... Is that Heather Downs or Glendale? It's, uh, it's Glendale. Glendale and Reynolds. Glendale and Reynolds. It's just this innocent-looking It's an innocent-looking place at the intersection where Olive Garden is. Mm-hmm. Um, they were open. I got it, and I got to tell you, it was not bad. It, it, it doesn't penetrate the Holy Trinity, but... For when I ordered and and the price, it was good. It kind of reminded me of um, like eighties and nineties Pizza Hut. Uh, the crust, was, the crust was very similar. Oh, so it did what you needed it to do. Yes, yes. So I mean, I know that's kind of close to your work. So now, and I know you ran ran over to Tandoor the other day to get food. If you're that's ever so in a in a spot for pizza, don't overlook that little joint. Tandoor, so I don't think I had a chance to tell you this. I love Tandoor. I like spicy food, but their mint chutney, like I could not feel my mouth after I ate that. It was so spicy. I was just like, I can't, I cannot. Like it, it, it put hair on my chest, and Ooh. normally spicy food does not do that for me. Um, it's been too long since I've had Indian food. I am, I'm doing myself a disservice. You are. Um. Let's do a happy common week. <gasps> so excited. Are I you, took the day off on Friday. So you're going to spend the entire day ramping up for that? Uh, no, I'm actually going to drive up to Michigan and pick up my dress, but then spend the second half of the day ramping up for it. I'm excited. I have my blanket ready and my chairs ready to go, and hopefully we'll have a nice time. I am deeply interested in the turnout for for the show because... I don't know. I mean, Gwen Stefani was was once every decade kind of thing with the Solheim Cup and everything there. But Common is not pop. I would say he's on the periphery of pop culture. And I would bet more people younger than us know him more as an actor than mm-hmm. an award-winning an award-winning um, musician or artist. Because I think this, the music of his that got me into him, like The Light, it sounds like almost 20 years old now. It is. But if you think about it, we in Toledo, I mean, you might not see it enough, but we have a fairly large, like, black, soul music-loving crowd. Like, we do have a fair amount of people in Lucas County, I feel like, that would come out. Like, Patti LaBelle is, I think, already sold out. Um, there's There's a lot of people. I remember when we came to see the Prince tribute band... And like the crowd that was down there. So I do feel like we're going to have, there's going to be a good turnout. I think you'll get the lower end of the diehard people for Patti LaBelle and some of the, like the older um, mm-hmm. R&B acts. Like mm-hmm. who are some of the older, older black, who are some of the older black women we've had at that, uh, at that venue in the last handful of years? I can't oh, think God. of them off top Shaka of my head. Shaka Khan? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't even tell you. I know like Shaka Khan, Gladys Knight. Okay, I'm just gonna trust you because anybody I name, I will, I will like every, anybody that I will name, will I will wonder if they're dead. Aretha Franklin, 
dead. <laughs> was Diana Ross there? Is Diana Ross Diana alive? Diana Ross was there. Yes. Okay. She, oh, yes. No. Okay. Oh, yes. So, all right. Oh, yes. Um, Not a good weekend for the Walleye. They lost both games oh. in Florida. They, they have come back. They just not... They just didn't return to Toledo to play any more games. The Huntington Center, they lost. They got beaten pretty badly in the series. Some close games, but after they... It was, it, it was some tough losses, like with 20 seconds left in the game, they let up a tie and goal, and they lose in overtime. And um, so they lost the series four to one. Not that this like affects you, but a quick thought: there are people who are like Dan Watson. Dan Watson shouldn't be the coach anymore because like he can't get them over the hump. Like that's not what minor. That's not what this level of minor league hockey is about. Especially since this is different, where he almost has like half a new team every year, and. The fact that uh, I mean, he is part of management and it's icing on the cake when they win as much as they do because it's just a great organization. And as far as like wins on the ice or off the ice in this case, like they are a championship level organization. And it's, right. just, it's more disappointing that they couldn't finish it off with an actual trophy. But every night for whatever it is, 35, how many ever games are at the Huntington Center? It is a championship evening to spend with that team. Okay, so for someone that doesn't know much about the walleye, other than the fact that we're a winning team and we have been for a number of years, if we get like new players every year, then the only common denominator is the coach. Yeah. And so it, it would be the opposite. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. because like if he if we perform all the way up to the championship level, which we do, then why would you want to let him go just because you hadn't won the championship? If you make it to like if we're making it as high as we, every year, like as one of the best teams in the league, then it would be because of the coaches, not because of the players. Yeah. I mean, the players are the ones playing, but like if we have new ones every year, then that doesn't make, that doesn't add up to me. Yeah. And like he, if there are like diehard walleye fans who are like, he needs to go because he can't finish the job. Like it's pure lunacy. Um, right. He's <clears throat> almost like nearly he is probably invaluable to the organization because he players know that he will help them develop as better players and maybe get them to the next level the only reason Dan Watson should no longer be the the head coach of the walleye and all the other things he does as as part of management during the offseason is because he has attained a job at a higher level yes like yeah he's, he's gone to the next league up and NHL offers him some type of like assistant role, but there's no reason he should be asked to leave because the walleye he can't get the walleye over the hump. I mean, he is. Part, I would agree with that. He is part of the championship level professional hockey organization that we are fortunate enough to have here, and it sucks they can't win a title. But you know what? It's like my dad always said. My dad, forever, and you. This probably resonates with you growing up as a Cleveland sports fan. My dad always said. He would rather have a team that is competitive and mm-hmm. it, to, to get to the playoffs, to go through the playoffs every year rather mm-hmm. than having the one-off of a championship and then your team falling apart for five years. And that's what the walleye are. You know they're going to be a good, a good hockey team every year. Yeah, I think having that consistency is more important in my opinion. And you're right. Like I did... I mean, it was so exciting. I'm, a, I'm always a Cavs fan, but obviously I played a little bit more a little bit closer attention in 2015 and 2016, like in 2017, you know, because we were a championship level team at that time. And there was just more excitement to that, 
to, to leading up to that. So, do you know what the, the a better example is? Now you were younger, but it it will be more applicable to what we're talking about. It's yeah. kind of like the Indians in the oh ninety nine. That yeah, like the middle and second part of the nineties with yep, Tommy and Manny Lofton. Um, yeah, Charles Nagy. Yeah, oh Carlos, yeah. Like that team never won a title, but they got oh, to yeah. they got to two World Series. They lost to the Braves. They lost to the Marlins in devastating fashion. And but you knew every year in the mid nineties the, the, the Indians were going to vie for the playoffs. And you know it's it it's kind of a a toss up if you get hot and you're healthy in the playoffs. Um, but to know that you're going to be there every year is something that fans often overlook. That's kind of a perfect point because I can remember, like I can, I have very vivid memories of the Indians in the in the late '90s and going to the games and watching the World Series at home and um, and the players and like what home we were living in, like where my dad was sitting, where I was sitting. I was staying up past my bedtime. Like I remember all of that. that so that's that, a great point. That team was an important part of me as a teenage mm-hmm. baseball fan because. When, when I finally got cable TV, I was able to watch other games. And one of the teams that had that appeal to me, um, like how everybody became a Warriors fan in 2014 because of staff. Oh, um, I got into the Indians because of all those players that we just named. And they were young oh. and they were exciting. And it was it, like I got into them and they did something for baseball. I know it was disappointing when they began to fall off in the 2000s and, you know, they rebuilt a little bit under Francona, but you overlook the fact that, yeah, you'd like a title, but sometimes the alternative is you're garbage, like the Browns. So I have, I don't know if I, we've ever talked about this, but it's somewhere in my mom's house, but there's, I have a picture with Jim Tomey, Sandy Alomar, like separately. I met them all at multiple times because my brother was in like in the mall business and they would come up to the mall to sign autographs and we got to go into their private room and meet them and meet their families. And so I have lots of pictures with all of the main players and then I have signed baseballs and baseball bats from all of them. That's awesome. So I'll have to give you one. Yeah, yeah. Like that was one of my first favorite teams outside yep. of Philadelphia. Which, I didn't know that. Yeah, that, I loved I loved those players. And for anybody that gives a shit, Kenny Lofton has been deeply overlooked and needs to make the Hall of Fame. His chances are he still does. there, but if you he look will. if you look at his numbers in comparison to his peers, um because he didn't hit a lot of home runs in the steroid era, he's overlooked. <laughs> but like always on base, always stealing bases. Great defensive center fielder. One of my favorite players when I was a kid. And it is it's a it's a crime that he's not in the Hall of Fame. I do remember the one player that I did not like was Omar Vizquel. He was very mean. Everybody else was Sandy Alomar. Like my mom still grins to this day from ear to ear because I think she was really attracted to him. But Omar Vizquel, so mean. So mean. So I, he recently got fired from his I major league it. job because of, uh, I think there was like a, a, a sexual assault allegation. <laughs> but do you remember that he wanted to kill Jose Mesa? I think so. <laughs> he, yeah, look up like Omar Vizquel and Jose Mesa. Mesa was the closer for that Indians team. And Mesa was kind of a high wire act. And uh-huh. his high wire act ultimately cost him the World Series. And I think Omar Vizquel... <sighs> Threatened to kill him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I believe it. Um, another sports thing real fast. Um, Northview went on an unlikely 
uh, run in the baseball state tournament. They're state champions. Um, on Friday, they won a game because there was a passed ball by the catcher. Mm. Um, ball wasn't in play. Catcher missed it. Uh, Northview kid raced home. They win. They go on to the state final. But mm. uh, amid the insanity of joy, uh, one of the Northview players went over. He pulled back from the celebration uh, on the field and went over to the catcher and kind of consoled him, which was like a hell of a stand-up act. Yeah. And my only my only regret putting it out there, and I'm going to do it on the air too, is, God, I hope that this kid or other kids aren't dicks in other ways. Like, you want to believe that, you know, an, an, an act of high character kind of is all over your life rather than just a one-off. But that's a big deal. Like, he said he knew how that kid felt because they have lost in errors before. And that kid almost single-handedly lost the state semifinal game for his team. That's he- that's he- heavy. That's hard to carry. And so I would hope so, too. I mean, I think these kids are different than the kid than they were back in our day. Like back in our day, I would have gotten chewed alive. I did, in fact, get chewed alive once or twice for missing like buzz, like game winning shots. And um, so I could only imagine like being that the state championship was up for grabs. But I think these kids in 2022 are completely different than we were in oh, 2000 to 2010. 2008. I agree. We have a lot more thoughtful people and some yes. people fighting some wonderful battles. But you know what? There are also still college students hazing the hell out of people and doing lots of awful things. So I do have but that. But that, that's a different kind of hazing, though, also. Like, I mean, yes, are they getting yelled at? Probably. But they're like putting their lives at risk with activities like alcohol compared like when i tell you i remember getting ripped a new one multiple times in the locker room and then coming out of that locker room crying my eyes out i will never forget so i don't know i don't know if that's happening as much anymore oh i think it is okay <laughs> Wait, okay you mean like the the student athletes being eviscerated and brought to tears boys or girls by their coaches no their teammates oh I think it is to a degree. I, well, you're probably not. They're probably a little softer. But I'm wary that kids that are just a little bit older than these high school kids are in colleges and otherwise doing awful things and being awful I, human beings. Um, Andrew had a uh, t-ball game. I don't think he's in t-ball anymore. Whatever the next league is from t-ball. And there was a kid that had caught a, a grounder on third base and didn't know what to do with it. So she just held it. And the, so that, that person who hit the grounder got to first and then got to second and then got to third. And everybody was yelling at this poor little girl to throw the ball, including her teammates. And the pitcher, I'm not even kidding, the pitcher was so angry. He threw his glove in his hat. He was so mad. <laughs> but this poor little girl had no idea what to do. I mean, Andrew's only seven. He'll be seven next month. So that's how old these kids are. So they're still pretty young. Like they, there's not an umpire yet, but they're not using the T when they pitch anymore. Is it coach pitch? It's coach pitch still, but you do get three outs. So three outs and you're out compared to T-ball where everybody hits. And then um, there's no T. So you have to, you strike out. You know, you, you don't get walked, but you do strike out. So it, it was just so funny. The pitcher was so upset. He's just throwing his gloves and his hat, and he was so mad, and I that, could not stop laughing. That pitcher is going to be an angry parent one day that's going oh to punch a coach. That's going to punch an umpire. That too, both. <laughs> it, 
So that kid, do you, do you know where that, you said it was a little girl, right? It was a little girl that was on third base, but the pitcher was a boy. Okay, so she was playing third base, or was she just like a really... She was sh- playing third base, okay. yeah. So I remember when I was a little kid um, playing playing baseball, th- there were kids who would have the ball hit to them, and mm-hmm. I, I know the coach would say, like, let's say I was the pitcher, run it to Eric, and he will throw it, because... <laughs> Throwing the ball is it becomes such a bad news bear situation where like we know you're really good at stopping the ball, but that's it. Like just walk it over to the pitcher because at least this way we know they're gonna stop it first. As opposed to you throwing it and that person scores a run because that ball is down the street now. So this is a this they're at an interesting age. They are at the age where they can crack the ball. Like they can hit it and they'll hit it into the outfield or you'll get a grounder coming to you that might bust you in the nose if you don't you know what I mean so they're they're scared so they're trying to get the grounder like by stepping their bodies to the side um and they're still like confused as to where they throw the ball but some kids will throw the ball like so that we've had a couple times where they threw it to first and then threw it to second to try to get the double to try to get like but you're really supposed to throw it to second and then first where they're trying to get the double play, so they tried to get the double play, but I mean, it's enter- it's definitely entertaining compared to Colin, who's in T-ball, where all the kids run at the balls like little guppies. Like, they they just, you hit the ball, and everybody's in right field. The third I, baseman is in right field. <laughs> I, I will guarantee you, there is a very entertaining and highly followed TikTok account of little kid baseball uh, circus acts like that. <laughs> Colin will hit the ball and not realize he's supposed to run. So I actually made a TikTok, but it's in my drafts because I wanted to. I feel like I upload too many videos of my nephews. They're not even my kids. I'm obsessed. Um, <laughs> two, uh, two serious things as we get close to wrapping up here. Um, mm-hmm. I will. I'll start with the uh, the. In, there's two words that everybody's sick of hearing: inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you read and follow the things that I do, it's like. 70% inflation and the other 30% is the R word recession mm. um, and I I don't know like this is very different from any other time in, in life and economics um, and I read something this morning and I, you might have come across it as well where, where the Fed dealing with interest rates you might hear that to, to reduce inflation we have to cause a recession um, and, and to me I find that problematic again m- macroeconomic thought from a microeconomic mind because right. I, I, there are already some people and I think I'm going to shape this pretty well there are already some people if not a lot of people like people slight in slightly worse off financially than you people that mm-hmm. you and I both know who are essentially already in a recession mm-hmm. so at least they can go find work if they need to to make ends meet if we get pushed into a recession by the fed then those people will have a hard time finding jobs because employers will be cutting jobs and then it really gnaws into us so there's already people in a recession let's not cause more people to be in one so i saw i i have been paying attention to the news although i admit i'm getting a little tired like i'm getting a little bit like I'm not putting it on the news where they need to report on something different. I'm just getting a little tired of hearing it. But they did release like a statistic some a couple week a couple days ago where they said your average American, not your average household, your average American based on inflation is paying an extra three hundred and fifty dollars a month. Sounds right. 
on goods and supplies and whatever. So that includes gas, groceries, you know, uh, uh, hygiene, things like that. And I, I, I don't, I don't remember. I forget when we were on the podcast, but I'm like, I don't know if I've ever noticed these things before. Have they always been this expensive? And I, I easily that answer is no. Like when I got shampoo the other day and it was seven dollars. When I remember specifically, I used to get the bottle that was under four. You know, because I was proud of myself that I wasn't spending more than that on shampoo and conditioner. But um, three hundred and fifty dollars—that's a lot of money. Like for Thomas and I, an extra three fifty a month is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, individually, that's seven hundred a month. That's a lot of money. Um. Yeah, and this is why. And I've been trying to find a really big nugget of wisdom uh, with this because economics and money is personal finances are fine, but the, the larger scope of things. I've been looking for what I thought would be quite wise, and I think this is it. Because at this moment, if you and Thomas go, um, you know, we either have to make some some hard decisions, or we need to add a little. We need to add some funds to our to our bottom line. At least now, like if you wanted to do that, you could. If yeah. We, if we if the Fed and whatever else pushes us into a recession, you no longer have the choice to go find extra hours, and that's going to be a big problem. I have been through the. T- I was. Be- I've been through. Uh, sorry, I went through the Great Recession as a young professional, as getting near my thirties. I watched it happen. I watched it every six months. People I worked with lost their jobs. Now, granted, I was in a business that had still in a business that had billions in debt and was over leveraged. Um, and, and needed to, to trim, but I watched not just fat cut off. I watched I watched really good pieces of meat cut away from the bone, where people's lives were uprooted forever. They were thrown into terrible decision made decisions that they had to like. Do I want to keep doing this? Do I just want to get a rip? Some of the decisions I saw and watching the angst in people. Um, lose their jobs is not something I ever want to see again. So now, if somebody's got to put an extra 10 hours a week at Target or wherever, pick up a barista gig, at least they have the opportunity to do that to make a dent in that 350 As opposed to, let's say it comes down to 200 but oh yeah, by the way, your income has been sliced more than that $150. So I, um, I would say, Thomas and I specifically are in essential jobs. Like with with the recession, we know there's gonna be an increase in homelessness. I was just doing so I'm writing a grant this week and you know I'm getting some facts for our area specifically to insert into that grant and homelessness is up eight hundred percent in Lucas County in twenty twenty two. You know, like the we had already seen thirteen hundred evictions in twenty twenty two as of April. Um, so for me, that's job security for this business, for mental health, right? Because the the deeper we get into a recession, especially as a society that's more comfortable with talking about our mental health and our struggles, I think that I'm like, knock on wood, let's report back to this podcast in case I do lose my job. I think I'll be okay. And Thomas being a money mover would also be okay because all businesses need to be getting their money from the federal government and from you know, like federal banks. But it's still, but yes, like I think that um, we are going to see an increase in job loss, which is going to be really awful. You know, I, I think people, there's two different kinds of conversations about the recession. One, we're already in it, or two, it, we're, it's going to happen or it could happen. Um, I'm more in like the it could happen 
but it is to me it is also happening like i the fact that we spent almost twenty dollars on gas and barely got a quarter tank of gas is scary to me you know yeah, I don't think we're quite there, you, you and I, um, but there are right. people who, who already are, unfortunately. And to your point, um, if there is an enormous amount of job loss, and again, I watched people who should not have lost their jobs in, in mm-hmm. lines of work who should not have lost their jobs lose, lose their jobs. And yeah. if it's going to be, so imagine, like the prices are hard to see, the, the cost of gas and goods and everything we've talked about. Imagine people in a year having to go, Hold on a second. I lost my job. Wasn't everybody just begging to hire people? Like mm-hmm. we could do that kind of whiplash-inducing 180. I'm I'm frightened for it to be quite honest. More, yeah. more job loss will mean more homelessness. It's it is scary. I mean, I don't and and there's still and there, to this day there's not enough money for homelessness. Like for affordable housing in our area. I learned this statistic just a couple weeks ago and it's still haunting me because I think it just makes the most sense. For every 100 homeless individuals in our county looking for affordable housing, we only have 36 units available at any given time to provide to them. So that's a 36% housing rate. And how much does it cost for those people to be on the street for us to take care of them, so on and so forth? It's, it's, it's just, uh, we were having that conversation today. What's the solution? I don't, I, I don't know. Like I'm coming to you saying, I don't know the solution, but I do know the statistics and it's really scary. And that's not, that's our area. It's not like, yes, we know statistics for the country and maybe for our state, but this is our area that we need to be concerned about. Uh, sliding over to, uh, we can keep this shorter, I think, cause it's still mm-hmm. going to be up in the air. Um, I am of the belief that when you are negotiating, um, compromising, whatever it is, it, whether it's relationships, um, most often relationships, personal, professional. But when you're negotiating, um, if both people feel like they lost, it's good. Um, hmm. And you could flip that and say if both people feel like they won, I think the psychology of both people feeling like they lost is a little bit more positive for what may what, what will transpire from that. Because um, two people compromised. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and had to sacrifice, and sacrifice is often an important part of growth. That's a good nugget. So it looks like we're going to have um, some movement when it comes to gun control. Yes. Uh, and I'm not going to go into details, but um, red, flag, red flag laws will be tighter for 21 and under. No more boyfriend loophole. Lots of funding for mental health and school safety. The school safety part kind of scares me. Like, are we going to make these fortresses? But... There's literally, like, people have said, we need to do something everywhere. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Now something is very likely in a bipartisan way to get done. It's, it's got momentum. It's not near mm-hmm. the finish line, but it's on a very positive drive with a good quarterback. And I'm going to go back to what I said. Um, I think both sides lost here. Feel like they lost. Mm-hmm. Republicans had to do something. They had yeah. to. They had to budge even a centimeter on gun control, which they never want to do. They did. The other side, where we are, feels like it's not enough. Both mm-hmm. sides are gonna have to are, are gonna have to deal with those sacrifices. And something got done. Like I tweeted this morning, this is not going to stop any school shootings tomorrow or anything like that in the next week. But what it will do is. In a year, in five years, it will have begun to plug some of those holes. So we won't stop a school shooter tomorrow, but with some of these resources, we might stop one a year from now. So 
So I am back and forth. I was satisfied. I, I, I mean, overall, I was satisfied with what I saw. I was happy to hear it. I think the only thing that I was a little bit disappointed on is I do feel like the reasonable thing to do here would be to not allow individuals younger than 21 years old to buy and purchase assault rifles. Um, can I, I, can, can I, go let, ahead. Me, let me throw a quick counter to that, which I can't believe more people haven't said. So let me get this right. And again, it, I can poke holes in my own counter argument, but let me get this right. You're not going to let me have one of these weapons under 21, but you can send me to Afghanistan and I can have all of these that I want. In fact, you want me to use these to defend you? Well, yes, because you're ideally you're going through like government sanctioned training to be able to use them. That's not what we provide if you're owning it as a private citizen. And so, yeah, I think so. Like, I don't I mean, I get the argument. I also get the argument of like, um, you know, but we let 18 year olds drive and we let like 18 year olds own handguns and et cetera. And I'd like I get it. But I do think that you know, that it's just too young of an age to be able to make the responsible decisions as a gun owner. Um, I also feel like maybe if you're going to be owning a gun, you should be insured. Anyway, I mean, I have thoughts in mind. I know that like my immediate ideas are not going to be accomplished, but I was of the same mindset and of the same brain. If our goal is to save the lives of kids, because this is the leading cause of death for kids in the U.S., which is shameful and really sad when you think about it, right? That's our statistic, that, that, that gun violence is the leading cause of death for kids in the U.S. Um, then most importantly, we need to be doing everything we can to save those lives right now. And it's just not realistic to feel like we're going to be able to ban all assault rifles out the gate. You know, that's going to be a five year or maybe even a 10 year plan. Like when we when we're referring to smart goals and short term goals and long term plans that you know, we need to look think of it from that perspective. What's the short term goal here? Like what can we get done right now that can make some of a difference? Because we're not going to be able, you know what I mean, to do those big, large things. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be done, but we need to be realistic. And I think there were so many of us that weren't being realistic, not us, but there were so many people that just weren't coming at this from a realistic perspective. Um, and, and you're right. I think that both parties lost. Everybody lost. We're all losing because of how many kids are dying, you know, innocently and, and violently. So we're all losing here. But I, I am satisfied. I am satisfied with what happened. And I think that it, it shows some hope and progress. But I'm also not naive. I don't imagine it's going to go beyond this. Like, I think that we're going to get to the next tragedy and we're going to focus on that. And this is going to lose momentum at some point, you know? I don't know. I, I don't know if we will or not. It, de- it, it, it perversely, it depends when it happens. Sure. Um, because we've now been like a good what two weeks since a mass shooting. So sadly, we're kind of due. Uh, no, that wasn't there. Just one in Maryland. Then, no, there was, was like a, one yesterday. There was a nightclub one. I think a couple of people died. I mean, like you know, a twenty-four hour news cycle. Oh thoughts, yeah. Thoughts and prayers, kind of thing. But uh, to wrap us up on that, Trevor change never comes as quickly as we'd like it to sure no it, it doesn't at all and again there there needs to be a, a token of reality attached to this like where it's just it's who we are as a country 
don't compare us to those European countries that have that were never established in the same way that we were. Yeah, in the same way that we live and sometimes die on fast food at McDonald's. <laughs> yes. Right next to our quarter pounder is our gun. So we need to plan a podcast. So Karis is coming to town for my wedding and her boyfriend, Patty. And they have pretty interesting perspectives. So we should plan a podcast and have them on. We might need to have a translator, though. Is this like in October or September? Uh, they'll be here, I want to say Wednesday the 27th through October 9th. Okay. So yes. All right. Well, back to the wedding. I hope you spend your evening working on putting that treadmill together. Um, I hope they left it at my door. I, I hope they didn't like attempt one, attempt two, attempt three, and then it gets sent back. So I'm, I, I, fingers crossed they left it at the door because it's ready. I'm excited for it. I'm excited. Sunny's going to also get some walkies on her treadmill because she needs to lose some weight. The dogs so. on the treadmill is the videos I'm here for. <laughs> Sunny's going to get, she's going to have some walkies on the treadmill and Pete's going to get put in his crate because he's going to hurt himself. Excellent. Well, I will text you later on today. Okay. Bye-bye. Good to be back. Yay. Okay. Bye-bye.